Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. Yes. That's right, I just did that. And welcome back though. Today we have a really fun episode. We have Sue Scavo on the podcast, our new resident dream expert. I loved having her on. I've been newly working with her and she is so amazing. She's basically my dream hero, like everything that I want to be. Ah, I just think she's amazing. She is a dream therapist and a dream worker and a dream enthusiast and a dream writer. And we talk about like creativity with dreams and what you can learn from dreams and why it's so rich when you work with other people with your dreams. Um, Because they can tend to see things that you're too close to see. Um, They can point things out to you, and I've really found that with working with this dream circle that I've started, Blind Love Dreamers. If you want to be a part of that, it's free. Just shoot me a message on Instagram, Blind Love Tarot, or send me an email, blindlovetarot at gmail.com. And then also working with Sue was basically like the most amazing like therapy session that I've ever had, like taking apart this dream that I had and it really unfolded like all of these things in my life and just seeing how closely the dream world and the real world are connected. I mean, obviously, right? But not so obviously, Um, I don't know. There's so many layers there. I feel like I've just stepped my little tootsie into the ocean and there is such a huge, vast, like, rich world that I've only just started to uncover. And this shit is my jam. I am obsessed I love it. I have been like recording my dreams so diligently every night. Pro tip, if you can't remember your dreams, I find that a multivitamin before you go to bed, like having it with dinner really helps. I've heard that the B6 in that really helps you remember your dreams. And then also just setting an intention that you want to remember your dreams. Um, I think a lot of times we block ourselves from our own subconscious just because we don't want to hear what it has to say. Um, You know, neither wrong nor right, but maybe it's too much at the time and we just shut that part of ourselves off from our waking self. But I think just really setting an intention, um maybe creating like a little ritual if that's your thing before you go to bed, Um, really participating in the conversation as we talk about. And in this episode, 
And I'm just so excited to share this. I think we're going to have Sue back on in the future to talk about like specific topics with dreams because I'm sure if I'm this into into it, then you guys are going to be this into it. And it's just so amazing how much healing can come from exploring your dreams. And we talk a lot about that, like why that is. And it's just such a rich practice, like witchy as you can get, people. This is true magic, speaking with your dreams. It's like this powerful um, vision that comes to you that is so specific and has all of this information that you may just not be aware of in your waking life. Um, yeah, I, just so amazing. I'm just so excited to present to you Sue. If you guys want to work with her yourself, you can go to suescavo.com, S-U-E-S-C-A-V-O.com. And also she has like these amazing retreats that we talk about that I really want to go on one day. And also, you can find her on Instagram at smscavo, S-M-S-C-A-V-O. And she does all these, like, amazing line drawings that symbolize a certain dream that she's working with or revisiting. And I have really enjoyed watching this practice that she's doing. And it's just so cool to see how creativity in the dream world can really go hand in hand. And all right, without any further ado, here is Sue. And we're going to dive into the wild world of dreams, y'all. Oh, by the way, one more thing. Everyone should go check out Sue's podcast, The Etymology of Dreams, found everywhere that podcasts are found. They're amazing. That's actually how I found her. I found her the the first night of my official dream practice. I had a dream that I was in this like canyon and I was rock climbing and it was like a birthday party of mine and it was just so rich in imagery especially like the canyon this desert canyon and then I was looking up on iTunes like for a podcast about dreams and her podcast came up and I went to her first episode for like an intro she talks about like an intro to dreams And she talks about the dream landscape being like a canyon landscape. And I was like, holy shit. Like, what are the synchronicity that I just had that dream? And the first thing I like look up about dreams in this obscure way, there's like this whole symbolism about canyons. So that's just a weird synchronicity that happened. And just wanted to share that. Everyone go listen to her podcast. It is amazing. Etymology of dreams. All right. Well, let's get back to this dream podcast. Without any further ado, here we go. Okay, so we'll get started. 
started, so go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what do you mean? How do you want me to introduce myself? Like, my name and who I am? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my name is Sue Scavo. I am a dream practitioner. I, what I do, I call embodied dream work. And I work with people's dreams uh, one-on-one and also in group settings uh, to open up the dream and the teaching of the dreams um, so they can help us both in our like day-to-day lives and also like in the big picture of our lives, like who are we, you know, so that we can step into who we really are. So, you know, it, it's really powerful to like work with the dreams to help us find our true heart, our, our souls, you know, to work through stories about us that we believe that may not even be true to find the true story of who we are. That's often how I think of it. I love that. And how did you come to find this work, or how did this work find you? That's a, good, that's a really good question. You know, I, I, I think, in part, dreams have been, like, something that have like sat there as something to look at since I was a little kid because my first my first memory as a child is actually a dream that I had um and uh, I had this dream over and over as a repetitive dream uh for about a year and that dream is always you know obviously stuck with me like you know I, I can like close my eyes and I can be in that dream as if I'm you know I, was, I had a dream when I was eight from like eight to nine or seven to nine or something like that. Um, and I could like close my eyes and be in that dream now. Um, it's still so vivid for me. So, you know, I had this experience as a, as a child with this scary dream um, that actually a couple that, you know, kind of sat with me. So, you know, I didn't get to the dream to start studying dreams until I was in my 30s. But, um, you know, that really stuck with me. So that was one thing. I can tell you about that dream in a minute. But the other thing that I think brought me to being open to working with dreams is I'm a poet. And um, to me, poetry works with image. Poetry works with uh, feeling, uh, whether implied or evocative or the lack of um, an experience. So when I, you know, when I write a poem or when I read a poem, you know, and it goes into me, I have this experience of the poem, you know, inside of myself, both emotionally and sometimes even on a physical level. Um, and, and to me, that's how dreams work, too. They, they work with image. They work with story. They work with metaphor. And they don't, it's not like, uh, like, you know, the thing about poetry and dreams, it's not, it's not like, it doesn't have a scientific language usually. It's a very, you know, it's not a very linear narrative, if you will, which I think is very true of our soul life. It's not a linear narrative. So the fact that, that and that's what I love about poetry, it, it, it enters this other narrative, like a soul narrative, if you will, and goes in there and, you know, and works with that kind of language. And that's what dreams do too. So, you know, I studied, po- I, I was an English major, I studied poetry, I have in poetry, and um, that kind of language just really speaks to me. 
and you know and also how like poetry can open up landscapes that are not again not linear that can be a little surreal or that can question my reality or question my stories um and how dreams can and how poems can turn things around and upside down so when um when i came to dream work it just made sense to me you know i was i was at an artist retreat center and uh, a friend of mine was like oh there's this person who does dreams you should check him out and it just it just fit it just it, the, the language is fit for me and uh you know and then when i when i did my mfa i also i studied freud and i studied young as part of my mfa in poetry and um you know even the way they talk about uh dreams mostly more young than freud but you know it, it has the same you know language as poetry which is why i studied them um, so it just, they just, to me, they both open up to this, like the possibility of another way, another reality, of, you know, a spiritual level, which I really love. Um, so that, you know, so that's why I think I kind of took to dreams, like, like taking the water, you know, like, like a fish taking, going back to water. It just felt, it felt like a natural place for me from this point of view, not, you know, from the point of view of stepping into dreams through this embodied way of working with them through a very associative, collaborative process. Um, and to know that the dreams are not just, to me, they're not just, you know, pieces from the day that, you know, that just blossom. Um, but actually every dream is important, has a message for us. Um, even the ones we don't remember, I feel like are working on us in some, you know, on some sub- subconscious level. So, you know, once, and I, I knew that from my experience as a kid. So to come into, like, well, what are they trying? What, how, why do, why do we dream, and how do we dream, and how do we open up, you know, this nonlinear metaphorical language to discover what they want to tell us was very exciting and intriguing to me. It was like opening a poem, or opening a poem for myself, like writing a poem. Wow, I love the idea of dreams and poetry coming together and being like of the same language. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are, you know, there's a lot of poets who write, who have written from dreams. So it's, you know, it, there is a tradition in literature of definitely, uh, you know, work coming from, from dreams. You know, and that's actually true in a lot of places. Like, you know, there's, there's been scientists who said, like, I dreamt about the formula that I couldn't figure out in my waking life, and then I had a dream, and there was the formula, and it was right. So, you know, dreams can actually inform us in that way, too. But, yeah, some, some you know, some great works of poetry are, you know, are come from people's dreams. That's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your favorite poets that you know have taken a lot from their dreams? Um, well, one of my favorite living poets I think everyone should read. <laughs> everyone. She's an amazing poet. She's a lovely person as well. Her name is Jean Valentine. And uh, she's been around for a long time. But she, a lot of her poems come from her dreams. Um, she doesn't always say that they're from her dreams. Um, sometimes she does and sometimes she doesn't. So she, to her, like when you read her work, it doesn't really matter. It's like all the dream space. So uh, definitely... Definitely Jean Ballantyne um, is someone people should go check out. Um, you know, I, it's, so I also think about, like, classic poets. Um, you know, there's a story about 
Milton, who wrote Paradise Lost, which is, you know, one of the great works of uh, literature in English history, language history, um, you know, he, you know, the, the story around that is that he would, he dreamt it. He would wake up, he was blind at the time, and he'd wake up, and he, he would have, like, dreamt part of, the, part of this poem, and then he would dictate it. So, I mean, if you read Paradise Lost from, like, oh, part of this came from his dreams, it is definitely a different way of being in the, with that poem. So, I like that. Uh, I think William Blake also writes from the, the poetic and dream language, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. Uh, it's funny, I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning about, like, poets who work from the dream. Um, let me think more about that my books so but those are those are the three that come up right away um for me i love that thank you so much for sharing them Mm. so do you when you work with a dream and maybe like how do you kind of explore it within a poem like, will you wake up from a dream and then just kind of like take that mood and kind of take pieces of it and explore it further and like how does the work like inform the other piece of work like it's almost it almost feels like it's like a little bit of a back and forth like they're connected almost uh, for me they are um so yes that's exactly how i would describe it actually yeah to me they they, they, they can go back and forth so one informing the other sort of my my dreams informing my informing my like conscious uh, self and my imagination and then back and forth um, so I, I do think there's a conversation and there's, you know, there's a lot of ways to do this like one thing that I think about when I bring a dream into my work um, my, my writing uh, sometimes it's, it's not you know it's not the, the totality of the dream I, I read somewhere recently someone said the most boring thing you can tell somebody is your dream, which to me is like horrifying. I don't actually agree with that, but <laughs> you know, but but there there is a little bit of a truth in that, which is like, and I will say this because every every dream is very is tailored to each person. So, um, you know, my dream, like you and I, could have the exact same storyline of a dream, even with the same characters and the same outcome, but that dream will mean vastly different things to both of us because of our life experiences, because of who we are, where we are in our, you know, in our lifespan, you know, um, also it really depends on like family history too. So, you know, if I dream about, if I have a dream about being in Italy or anything Italian, that's going to mean something to me because I, I'm I'm second generation Italian. And, um, you know, I come from this Italian line on my father's side. So dreaming about Italy means something specific to me. Whereas, like, someone who doesn't have an Italian background, they dream about Italy, it will mean something entirely different. So, um, so the conversation is, you know, so to me, I'm going to come back to the how to bring it into your creative life in a second. I'm just talk about, I think, the idea of conversation. Um, I believe that like our unconscious selves or and the place where dreams come from want to be in conversation with our conscious minds and so 
So being with our dreams and actually being curious about them, opening them up to see what what is in there, like what is the metaphor of the dream, the quote metaphor of the dream, um, like what, when you look at a dream, how does it open to, to uh, show what the teachings are? Like to me, that's a conversation that we each get to have with our dreams. So, but my language is going to be different than your language. My metaphorical language is going to be different than your language. Um, how I see the world, how I love, how I am defensive, how you know what my, my what my particular trauma is. Traumas are that's all going to affect like the storyline of my dreams, and uh, my dreams will work with me through all those things, including my trauma. The work with me about my creative life. The work with me about my relationships. They'll challenge me. They'll turn things upside down. They'll show me how I'm living one story and sometimes how ludicrous that story is. Um, so they work through this embodiment experiential piece, and that again is very individual. So you know, there's the language of the dreams, but everyone's everyone has their own uh, has their own dialect, if you will. So, so I want to say that. So if you take that and apply it to creativity, I think it's the same thing. Like, uh, you know, who I am in relationship to my creative voice or voices um, is very individual. And how I respond to literature and other artists, how I respond to even my own creative voice is very individual, which makes my poems very individual. So we have these two creative things happening, the dream and, you know, the process of writing. And, you know, how, so your question, circle back, certainly back to your question, is like, how do you work with the two? You know, how I work with the two is sometimes I'll take a dream I've had, and I won't tell the story of the dream because it's my own dialect, and it, it won't totally make sense to somebody else, not totally, um, but I may take a scene or an image or a feeling or an experience from a dream and work with that in a poem. Um, I may, you know, I may like say, I may start out a poem like in my dream, like if I'm writing a love poem and my partner or an ex-partner shows up in my, my dream, I may say, I dreamt you were walking down the street and ignored me. And then I might go from there. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna like say the whole dream because it's more about like what the dream of books for me sometimes. And sometimes I just take an image and I, and, and I work that as as the, as the poem. Um, sometimes it can be surreal, like a surreal thing, or sometimes it's very not surreal, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, so that way, you know, then I can, like, that, that way the, 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 the dream and the richness and the mystery of the dream is informing my poem and, like, taking one image or one scene and writing about it and opening it up actually opens up both my creative life and also <laughs> opens up the dream. You know, when you start writing, once you start writing, if you let the magic happen, like, you, I'm always surprised when I write. I, you know, sometimes I'll write, sit down, I'm, I'm going to write about this. Um, but I usually just use things as a diving board. So once I get into the writing, I'm always surprised by what comes out, which is also a lot like the dream. Um, so that's how I, you know, I can use, I can use an image as a diving off point. I can use a feeling as a diving off point to open up a poem or a piece of writing. That's so beautiful. And I really feel like it brings to mind the idea of like 
a muse I like archetype I guess mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like in both of the mediums like you're because I don't know if you'd say we're like always alone when we're dreaming like like we could have reflections of ourselves, but I feel like there's also an element of like interacting with other people or spirits or um I don't know if people believe in that and then also this idea of like it just doesn't seem like singular it doesn't feel like we're alone in it and it also feels that way when we're making art like the audience is just as important as the artist and like that communication that's going on and then also with like the muse and the feeling and then like the dictation of it and then the person reading it it's like it's like this constantly transforming and evolving energy that like is bouncing around to so many people yeah yes i agree you know and i want to say something about like it was really it's really sweet the way you put it like are we alone when we dream i mean there are people who believe or even when we're creating um you know, there are people who believe like dreams are like one layer of belief around dreams that you know that everything in the dream is some part of us, and that you know we're sorting through the different parts that we're shown, whether it's through a person or a place or a thing or an event. Um, it's some part of us that we have to kind of grapple with, and you know sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's about you know past hurts or trauma, sometimes it's about you know, how we're stuck. Um, and I think there, you know, to me, there is a, there is, um, a layer of that that is one of the layers, so everything can be reflective of something inside of us. I think that that's one layer. But to me, dreams are incredibly layered. And, um, and I believe, well, let me say this first. <laughs> hard to talk about how I work with dreams because it's so individual so I, I believe that like how people believe and what their what their journeys are and their spiritual journeys that's usually when I work with somebody I usually ask them that question like what is your spiritual journey like what do you believe about dreams because I think it's very again it's very individual and it's and how we are with our spiritual journey is how our dreams will also work with us about our spiritual life um, so you know it's hard for me to say dreams are this or this is what a figure in a dream is because it's individual um and i will say that i do have some beliefs for myself about how i work with my dreams um and when i work with somebody with their dreams it's about like discovering what their language is what their spiritual journey is what their issues are that they're working through um and i respect that so when I work with my dreams, I do believe that when I'm in a dream and there's somebody who comes in a dream, um, I don't feel alone in that moment. Um, I feel like the archetypes, um, you know, and I use quote unquote archetypes, and I use it differently than how Young talked about it, but you know, to me there are teachers in dreams that come to us in our dreams and that um, are in us but not of us or with us but not are not 
don't know about yet. Um, but to me, like there are beings that come that that are teachers, and you know, depending on you know, again, your faith or your spirituality, you can name those beings whatever you want to name them. Um, I, I just think of them as teachers. I, it's a mystery to me. I don't really understand how it all works, uh, but you know, it does for me. So you know, so so you know, when a figure comes in a dream who is a teacher. Um, you know, I look at that. I look at that. So let me give you an example. Is okay? Like it's sometimes easier to show an example. Is that okay? Of course. So I'll give you an example from one of my dreams. I had this dream about, um, I've been working with dreams for 20 years. And uh, as a teacher for 17, I think, 18. Um, and I've done, I've been working on one-on-one with all this, all those years and doing retreats for the last 16 years. I just had a retreat this weekend. Um, so I had this dream about 10 years ago. And in the dream, uh, I'm like on this journey, like physically on a journey. And like, I'm like hiking and uh, I've got a little backpack on me. Not like a modern backpack, just like enough to carry food. I'm like going up and down mountains and through valleys and through cities. It's a very, and it was a very long dream, uh, which I remembered very little about because I just remember I'd been traveling for felt like years in the dream. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I'm traveling and I'm like, that's the mountain I've been trying to get to because I know I have a destination. So I see the mountain. I'm like, there it is. And I have to climb another mountain, go down this valley. And the mountain's really hard to climb. So I'm climbing up this mountain, you know, hand over hand. And I get near the top and there's a little ledge. And I like pull myself on the ledge. And there's a man standing there, this older man, very teacher looking to me, uh, my image of what a teacher looks like. And I'm like, ah, I made it. And he like gives me his hand, helps me stand up. He's like, yeah, yeah. You made it. Now we can begin. <laughs> and I woke up at that moment. And then I woke up. I was so mad when I woke up. It was, it's such a funny dream. I was so mad for like five minutes. And then it was so funny to me. It was like hilarious. Um, so to me, that, that the guy on the mountain, you know, it was like a stereotypical the man, the wise man on the mountain, right? I mean, he was very funny, he was very sparkly and humorous and seemed kind of proud of me. Well, so, um, so I really felt like he was saying, like, yes, you've come a long way and it's time to start the next part of your journey. Now, to me, he's a teacher. He's not, I mean, does he mirror something in me? Sure. Did I know that I hadn't arrived, you know, in my work? Sure, a little bit. But I also felt like he was, like he was, you know, this spiritual teacher saying, like, you've done great. Let's let's get started. I mean, I just, I, I, lo- I still love that dream so much. But you know, to me, the way that I really feel with that is that you know, I think about about that teacher. I mean, still actually, and there's moments when I'm like, uh haven't I done enough? Because, you know, that's a story that a lot of people have, like, I've already done so much. Why do I have to keep working at this? Why do I have to keep, like, oh. I know I had a little bit of that in me. And then whenever I think that, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's my teacher. He's, like, laughing. He's like, yeah, you've come a long way. Like, let's begin the next thing, which brings a lot of excitement for me. So 
I love that dream. So, yeah, it's a great dream. It's very funny. So, you know, I, I, I feel that. I feel like, you know, these beings come to, to teach, to guide, to challenge, uh, to evoke, to be provocative if they need to be, um, to help us, like, see things about ourselves and to help us heal. I mean, you know, I think there a lot of people have scary dreams. I have had a lot of scary dreams. Um, and it's not because the dreams, to me, like having a scary dream isn't because we need to have it in order to grow. Um, I think we have scary dreams because there's something scary living us already. And the dream wants to provoke it, evoke it, so that we can start working with it. And how so do you, yeah, and how do you feel like you... Well, I guess it makes me think of the idea where you said when you were younger and you had the reoccurring dream. So, like, what's with it when you have reoccurring dreams and, like, how can we, like, break out of that cycle? Of the recurring dream? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I I think that most people have recurring dreams, and if it's not exactly the exact dream or the exact events, It'll be like a recurring place or a recurring person or a recurring outcome. Like people have like, I have these recurring dreams of being chased. Um, So to me, a recurring dream is when our dream consciousness, let's call it that, I guess, is like, hey, there's something you really need to look at. And so just keep sending the dream over and over again. Like, hey, you didn't pay attention this time. Like, how do you have conversation with it? So, um, so the question really is about, like, how do we, how do I work with dreams, basically, is the question. How do, how do we step into our conversation? Yes. Um, you know, to me, the first thing is, um, even before you touch the dream or look at a dream or work with a dream, is, is to have a couple assumptions about the dream. One is that it's important. So, so just to acknowledge that it's important uh, is, is often the first step, actually. And to know that the dream is not going to be a direct conversation. I think I've only had one dream that was like, do this. <laughs> like, mostly dreams don't don't like do the thing where they you know there's not a dream where someone sits down and says well here's your issues and here's who you really are so this is what you need to work on dreams don't do that because that's not how we learn we're not we're experiential 
beings. We learn through experience. We, you know, our feelings and our experience is so much part, as well as our mind, so much part of this dynamic thing that we are. So the dreams try to teach us through taking us through stories, taking us through experiences, evoking things, showing us how we are in response or reaction to things. Um, so the first thing is like acknowledge that they're important, uh, write them down, and you know know that know that it's you know that we're only seeing the surface of the teaching. Um, so so when I so that's where I start first. I set those assumptions, and then when I look at a dream, I look at every piece of the dream um, as like a doorway that there is something that the dream is trying to teach me. And I need to, like, so to step into the conversation is to be, like, is to ask questions. I mean, I, you know, I joke with my people I work with a lot about, like, my job is to ask a lot of really, quote, annoying questions, (laughs) which is what I do. I ask a lot of questions because it's not, like, uh, someone doesn't bring a dream to me and then I say, this is what the dream means. I don't do that. I I think that... um, I think, you know, there's a layer there, I guess you could do, but to me it's more like, let's find out together what the dream is trying to teach. And um, and we do, and I do that by asking a lot of questions. So we'll take my, my little dream about the journey, the climbing the mountain, and the teacher, and the joke. So if we just take those elements, like I can open up each of those elements and there's a lot of richness there. So even like the long journey, the climbing mountains, going through all, you know, for years, like that's true. At that time, I had been seeking for many years up to that point. And it was, and it was like, you know, it was a hard road a lot of the time. I, I do, I did have, I do have childhood trauma and some of the work I'd done had, had been around discovering what that was exactly and healing from it and, you know, learning to integrate it into my life. So, you know, I had to, I had been on this long journey. So part of the dream was an acknowledgement of that, that it had come a long way. Um, and that, even that part, it's huge in some way, especially back then, because I used to have the story that I wasn't doing anything. I, you know, I grew up with a lot of stories about who girls should be and could be and couldn't be, which was not a lot. So... You know, I grew up with all these stories about myself because of my gender, um, that I wasn't as smart as my as brothers as my brothers or as men in general. So, you know, I had all these stories that I still carried. So the dream was acknowledging, like, no, actually you have them a lot. You've come a long, long way. So there's this very tender, even that gesture, beginning of the dream was this like, tender acknowledgement of the work I've done. So that's it. So you open up that part of it, and there's like it's sweet, and it goes against a lot of the stories I've carried about myself my entire life. You know, then we open up the teacher, and you know, there's a lot there for me. So you know, part of it is like what you know is asking questions like who are teachers to me, who are male teachers to me, um, do I feel seen by teachers? Have I ever? You know, it, it, so the question is like, well, who does this person remind you of? Have you ever had a teacher like this? Um, and then that opens up all this rich material. And then you're in conversation with the material of the dream. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, even the humor that he has when he's like, that's awesome. Now we can begin. Like, 
I, I'm a very, dreams work really well with me around humor. Like a lot of my dreams, even around my healing has been about like to be, even with the hard stuff, like to have a little bit of like lightness around it, like to be okay, to be light around things. Um, and that's how that helps with my healing process and my grief process. Um, so, you know, he was like, so him bringing humor was also like, he was meeting me exactly where I was. And also provoking me, like, yeah, dude, don't stop. Keep going. Like, why would you stop here? There's a whole other reality to explore. Um, so it's been very light. It's very sweet. It wasn't, like, condemning. You know, I've had teachers in, in my past that were very, they used a lot of shame and condemning uh, to teach. And this teacher wasn't that. He was like, yes, awesome, good job, let's go. Um, you know, like, we have so much more to do. It was very, so it was a very positive way of being with me as a teacher. So, um, so even that part was really sweet because it opened up this, you know, you know, a healing around teachers for me and also, like, encouragement, like, in a very specific way that, uh, that meets me and encourages me. So how you go come into conversation with your dreams is that you're, it's very important to, to be curious about the things in your dreams. I mean, I think a lot of people wake up and they're like, oh, I know what that meant, or that's dream dreams about that person, or, you know, this is about my shame or my trauma or, you know, whatever. Which, you know, again, that could be a, a layer. So, but if you look at dreams as, like, layered, then you can say, okay, the first layer might be this. Let me be curious about the different parts. Um, you know... And, and some of it can be really surprising. Like I've had a, a woman I worked with who had um, a dream, and there's one little blip in the dream. Like kind of off in the corner of one room was a dress that was a certain color. And, it, you know, she just noticed it and just kept going. Well, you know, the storyline of the dream kept going. But I was, like, intrigued by that dress. So I kept saying, do you have any associations with that dress? Like that, it was a girl's dress. I'm like, that color or that style kept saying no 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 I'm like okay and then we work a little bit more and I ask more questions but I kept coming like but, but this dress like what is this dress and she's like oh my god and this whole memory came that she had actually forgotten about this thing that happened when she was a girl it was a positive thing wow. and how and that and that informed that informed the rest of the dream and how we worked with the rest of the dream it was really powerful I feel like that's why it's so, it seems so important to work or how, like, how helpful it is to have somebody else working with you so that, because I feel like they bring a new pair of eyes to something that can feel so mundane, especially like mundane dreams where you're like, like it's about work or like something so familiar that it feels like there's nothing to dig into here because you're so desensitized to it. I almost feel like sometimes it's a lot easier when there's these like really like fantastical grandiose dreams and then it's like so rich in metaphor but when it's like so close to home it almost feels like it's harder to pick apart yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would say I would say it's actually true for both. So even the dreams that are 
fantastical. And, you know, and we're like, oh, you know, I felt this, I felt wonderful, I felt transformed. Like, even those dreams we can dig into. Um, and then we have the mundane that we can, the concept the mundane that we can dig into. I mean, I do think it's, you know, I, it's a tricky question because I think, can people work with their own dreams? I think so. Um, but I, but also with the knowledge that because we're looking at it through our own experience and our own beliefs, that we all have blind spots. And part of how dreams work with us is they work with our blind spots. Um, so, you know, we may have, um, well, let me finish that thought. So, so is it helpful to have somebody there to ask a question about something that you assume? I think it's really important. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I still take my dreams to somebody else. You know, I'm a teacher. I teach people how to do this. I, you know, I do presentations, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm writing a book about dreams. And I still take my dreams to somebody else because I have blind spots too. And it's not just blind spots about, like, the negative aspects of my personality, maybe where I'm not aware of how I'm maybe being mean or cold or projecting something else. And dreams do work on that level too. But sometimes I have blind, well, not sometimes, almost, almost always, I have blind spots about, like, who I, who I am and who I can become. Like, I have an assumption that, like, I'm the small person. And the dreams are like, no, you're not. You know, so sometimes, like, you know, the dreams work against the assumptions about who we can be, too. And we have blind spots around all of it. So, because, if, 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 you know, the dreams want to take our blind spots and make them, put spring to the day of light, you know, to, you know, to our conscious mind so we can work with it. Um, including, you know, the stories we have around our trauma. You know, we may have trauma in our childhood that we think is our fault, you know. For the most part, children, any trauma that a child has is usually not their fault because they're children. And the person who did the trauma is a grown-up. So just that power dynamic means, you know, whatever happens is not really the kid's fault. But, you know, we may feel like it is. So the dreams will work with those kind of blind spots, too, and show us a picture of what it felt like to the soul to go through a certain trauma and what it feels like to the soul, the deepest part of ourselves, to blossom like all of that so you know I think you know we can kind of be with our dreams with curiosity and you know we can look at them and go like oh I think I know what this is but I think it's important to know that we may only be be seeing only one or two layers whereas when we work with somebody who knows how to ask questions then then they're going to ask questions that we wouldn't even think of asking. They're going to help us with our blind spots. Does that make sense? Totally. How do you... And, 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 mm-hmm. Well, let me say one more thing. This is why I don't interpret dreams. Because that if, I, if someone brings a dream and says, well, I had a dream about a child, say, this child and blah, blah, you know, some people will say like, oh, the child is the soul self or the child is this or the child is that, um, uh, you know, which may be, again, a layer, there may be truth in that layer, but I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ask a lot of questions about how old is the child, what happened to you when you were that age, do you have children, um, do you want to have children, you know, I'm going to ask a lot of questions about that child, and that's how the dream opens. 
And, you know, in, through the process of asking questions, through the process of inquiry, which I think is the heart of this kind of dream work, inquiry and feeling into different aspects of the dream and feeling into the experience, having questions about the experience as well, like that's how we go, come into conversation with a dream. And that's why I never say I interpret dreams. Why do you think I this process is so healing? Like, just engaging in this conversation seems to, like, unlock so many doors. But, like, do you have any, like, ideas on, like, why, I don't know, why it's so profound? That is a great, you know, I've never had anyone ask me in all the years. I've Ooh, been, I love that. Questions about dreams. <laughs> I've never been asked it in that way. It's a beautiful way of asking it. Um, well, I think the way you asked it has part of the answer, like, because it does unlock doors. Like, we have doors that are locked, and the dreams open them. So just even that process can be healing. Or the process of, of acknowledging that there's a door over there that's locked mm-hmm. can be healing. You know, at, you know, like, is a really big thing. Um, I, you know, so I'll start with that. I think because, I think the dreams can be really healing because they will help us confront everything we need to confront and they'll take us they take us through the things where we get stuck in a way that's incredibly powerful and again tailored toward us so you know so i mean if we talk about trauma when we talk about trauma and i'm also going to talk about um manifestation so let's talk about trauma first because that often comes before manifestation not always but sometimes um, you know, like when we have something really hard in our psyches that has happened to us or a series or years of hard things, you know, we get stuck in stories. We, the way we survive trauma is that we're like, we disassociate, um, or we have denial or we create stories around it, whatever. We have all these survival techniques to get through the actual moment or year or childhood of trauma that we have experienced, Right. And that's fine. That's normal. Like, it's okay. Like, if you're a kid and you have no power and you find, you find a way to, like, avoid the scary thing from happening, that's brilliant. You do that as a kid. But what happens is, like, especially if there's no other, no other adults helping. But when we come into adulthood, we continue to live that way. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, uh, and, and the dreams won't help break that. The, the dreams are like, look, when you were a kid, this thing happened and nobody was there. The dreams will take us back to moments where we got stuck, where we're still kind of stuck. They'll take us back to these moments where we were scared and nobody was there. And they'll bring in, I'm going to go back to the idea of the archetype, the teacher. They'll bring something in to help us move through these feelings and experiences that we weren't safe enough to feel back then. So, you know, if I, you know, so if, you know, I've some trauma in my childhood, so, you know, in the moment that the trauma happened for me, and, or in a moment that the trauma has to happen for me, there's nobody there to help me, to protect me, right? So I grow up, I, you know, I survive it, and then the dreams, when I'm ready, they'll take me back to that moment, but they'll, they're not going to put me back there alone. It's not to re-traumatize me. It's to, like, help me walk through the feelings around it so that it can be released and integrated into my life. So... Maybe that teacher will, maybe I have a dream of a teacher or a loving figure, and then I have a scary dream that shows what the trauma was. 
so then I'll work with those two dreams to bring the love and the trust and the protection I feel with the teacher as I'm feeling into the other dream. Wow. Do you feel like, so they're not like compartmentalized. So you kind of have the idea that they all kind of walk together in a little bit of a way? Yes, I, I, I do. I, I do believe that they there, that there's this tapestry that gets woven and that, um, you know, that dreams do cluster with each other. So, you know, you may have a really terrifying dream one night and then two nights later you have this dream where you feel, you feel really safe. Now, to me, they're, they're, they're in conversation with each other, too. Because, but we compartmentalize. Again, this we have trauma, then we compartmentalize that. We're like, well, the scary feeling, I'm just going to put that over there behind the door. And I'm going to have, like, the safe place over here behind the door. And the dream's like, well, let's, you know, let's create a space that you can have those together and that you can see that there's another way to be with it. So to be with the scary thing, to be with the acknowledgement about how scary something was and have a figure standing with you where you feel loved actually can change everything. Wow, this is so interesting. How how we view our past, how we're in relationship to our past, but also how we're living our life now. Right. And it's the same for manifestation. Like, I don't just want to say with trauma, because I don't believe that dreams are just about trauma work. I think, you know, the intention of dreams is about, like, one of the, to me, one of the bigger intentions of dreams is, like, so that we can manifest ourselves, so we can be who we are, so we can discover who we are. And, you know, I don't think, like, again, I don't think there's an arrival point that, like, this is who we, we're born who we are. I think we're born with all this potential and possibility, and we, and that's a gift, and we get to explore that gift for ourselves first. So the dreams want to help create space in order to explore, like, who am I, what's exciting to me, what's my passion, and then walk with us in that, too. So, you know, if I go back to my dream with the teacher on the mountain, it's a little, you know, like I kind of walk that whole first part of the dream kind of alone in this autonomous place. But then the teacher's like, let's get started, implying that he's going to be with me every step of the way. Have so you? Even in, my mm-hmm. beco- even in my becoming, I'm going to have someone walk with me on that journey, which I didn't have as a kid. Has he ever shown up in like dreams after that? Or have you kind of, like, brought him more into, like, your reality of waking life day to day? Uh, also a really good question. Um, I think, you know, that particular teacher-like being and what he looked like to me has appeared in other dreams since. But even that changes, too, because I'm changing. I don't need him to be that way. I don't need him to be a him. It could be a her. It could be an animal. I have had a lot of dreams with these kind of otherworldly animals coming, this white wolf that I dream about um, that walks with me a lot. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it, and again, because it, it's always in conversation, the conversation's going to change. So I may need, I may need my quote teacher or one of my teachers to come as like a strong male figure because I didn't have that as a kid um, from my dad. So sometimes, It'll come as that because that's what I need in the moment. Sometimes it'll come as a friend because I need a friend. Sometimes it'll come as like, you know, an elephant the size of three stories, which I've had in dreams too. Really strong, powerful, 
primal energy. So it depends on what I need in my journey. I think the archetypes will morph and come in ways that is, again, is very tailored to who we are and where we are in our process. Wow, that's so cool. I love all of that. Oh my gosh, you're giving me like such good things to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty thrilling, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, I met somebody uh, a couple weeks ago who said, like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, well, I, I work with people's dreams, and they said, like, oh, so you listen to people's problems all day. I'm like, no, not what I do. I, like, I listen to people's stories, that's true, um, and through the, through the eye of the dream, and, um, and it, it always opens up possibility, even the scariest dreams that people bring me, even my own scariest dreams, and I've had some pretty scary dreams. Like, even those dreams, to me, have such potential because it means that something scary is living in us that is ready to be released, that is ready to be worked with. It means that I, the dreamer, am ready for this thing to look at it and that I need support for it. Um, so it is very thrilling because it's not, again, it's not just about the past. It's about what's possible, which is always really exciting. Like the question of who am I is not, does not have a singular answer. It has like, who am I today? Like, who could I be in five years? Like what excites me? And the dreams want to support us to help us discover that in ourselves, not to tell us what it is. Because again, I, I don't think the dreams dictate anything. Again, why I don't interpret dreams, because the dreams taught me that. It's more like creating space so we get to discover and begin to embody that ourselves. Wow. It feels like such, like, just an evolution of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do, so. You, how do you work with, like, a retreat space? So in a retreat phase, we do this thing called what we call string work. And I'll tell you why we call it string work. Um, but what it is, is like, so we work in small groups, you know, eight to 12 people. And um, we actually step into the dream, meaning we, quote, act it out. So I'll take again my, my dream example with this teacher. So if that, we're going to do that in a retreat. Um, we'd have someone play the teacher. We might have a couple people play, like hold space for the mountains, like, you know, actually stand to be mountains. Uh, we might have someone play the voice in me that says, are you kidding me? <laughs> like the angry voice. Um, these are things, and we'll have people play different parts in the dream. Um, it doesn't mean like, you know, we don't act it up maybe exactly like if there's like, you know, we create, you know, we create a very safe space. So if there's like a sexual thing in a dream, we don't do the sexual thing. We hold the space for it. Like let someone stand and hold that space. Um, but, you know, so we create this, so we step into the dream and we, and again, it's a very collaborative thing. So the group holds the space for each other. So when, you know, and um, so when someone brings a dream, We'll say, okay, we'll read the dream out loud. We'll, you know, we'll ask questions. We'll do the thing that we usually do. And then we'll say, who wants to play this part? Who wants to play that part? And it's this very creative, mysterious process because usually the people who step in for the different parts will have their own experience because it's like you're stepping into the unconscious when you step into a dream. 
came up for me as a car is this whole thing that happened to me as a kid around cars or, or I felt really strong and I usually don't feel really strong. So people even get to have their own experience even playing parts in other people's dreams. Um, so it really informs the whole group and it also opens the dreams in this really rich, magical way. Like, you know, we usually do a couple of dreams together, so we'll weave a couple of dreams together and it's so powerful. I mean, one-on-one work is really powerful and it has its own, there's an intimacy there and there's a safety that gets created there um, and there's a relationship that gets created there. And then working in a group has its own magic because, you know, doing your dream with other people, having all these people witness you in your work and then witnessing other people, there's such cross-pollination. Most people are like, oh my God, I didn't, I've never felt so not alone having a circle like this. Um, it, it really is profound. So I really, like, both are really powerful things. Um, and it is, like, you know, it is, like, when you begin to talk about dreams and you're in sort of the energy of the dream, the conversation automatically goes really deep. And so you're meeting people from this very vulnerable, deep place in this very safe container. We work really hard to create a safe container um, so that people can be vulnerable and they can bring these things that they want to bring. So it's really, it's really, you know, it's really powerful. I had somebody say, you know, like I'm walking away a different person than I was when we started. Wow. And, I, and I feel that, and I feel that every retreat, even though we don't quote do my dreams, I feel very, I come out of a retreat completely stunned and changed and um, like seeing such possibility and hope. It reminds me of when you were talking about like somebody being the car and then they're transformed by being in that subconscious state. It reminds me of like somebody reading a poem. Like you can be transformed just by like the act of witnessing or experiencing someone else's subconscious. Exactly. You know, I I once had a poetry teacher tell me that reading somebody else's poem allowed is more intimate than sex and I thought that's weird and then I thought that's true because he was like because he said you know you're basically taking somebody's breath into your body and being with their words and their images um so it is true it's like you, you really do get to embody the poem but it's embodied for you like I know I've had people read some of my poems and their takeaway is totally different than my takeaway from the poem yeah. Like they may see something entirely different, which is fine. It's awesome, actually. Um, and you know, I think that I think that that's how that's like part of the magic, and that happens. That, and that happens in strings. Like people are like, "Well, I know your work was about this, but I had this experience over here <laughs> that is about my work. That's really profound. You know, or it's profound to see to witness you having the love and support. It's profound for me to see." to be with you in your trauma work and not have to take care of you just to be with you in it. Like, there's a, there are many ways that, that we learn from each other in that kind of environment, which, again, it's a very mysterious process, and it's always different, and it's always amazing. It also feels like the healing is contagious. Like, it's like you can, like, heal through your own dreams, but you can also, like, pass the healing and the process along to others to like spark their own healing absolutely you know so it could be like 
I could come into a retreat, like, kind of deep in trauma work, you know, kind of, like, acknowledging some of the hurt maybe I've never heard, had, or whatever, and then have dreams that we work that are bringing healing to that, like, tenderness and healing. And that may help someone else who's, who's afraid to do their trauma work. Right, just by witnessing but, someone else do it. Exactly. And, you know, and then somebody else might have a dream of, like, becoming, where they're like, oh, my God, I've never felt so strong. After all these years of feeling so weak and small, I feel really strong in this dream. And that's, like, a powerful place. That also is really inspiring for everybody in the group. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that's, if, if he could do it or she could do it, maybe I could do it. Oh, this is so beautiful. And I love the way it's, like these dreams coming into reality and you're like manipulating them so consciously but it's like the subconscious but then I don't know it's so cool how like you said they're like woven together they are you know and I think like you know so like when we look at the surface of a dream when we first wake up and we look at the story and we want to open up the doors that are offered there's also many gestures I think there's like a gesture towards something else like every moment in a dream is a gesture toward the thing that's happening, but also these other possibilities. And I think dreams are always gesturing toward something, you know, like toward who we are or some truth we need to see or, you know, turning something upside down in us. We may see a dream in one way, but actually what's happening in the dream is not the way we're seeing it. Like, there's always this gesture, which is why we can work with the energy of the dream. Um, why we can say like oh you have this dream here and you have this dream here and let's weave them together and see what happens um because i think the dreams gesture toward like work with this material see what happens to bring this feeling to this experience or see what happens to bring this anger to this place where you're shut down like i think and that to me that's part of this alchemical process that dreams bring to us like to have our feelings where maybe we weren't allowed to to have our experiences where we are afraid to and how that can actually change things. Wow. I love all of this. Thank you so much for sharing all of this wisdom with us. You're welcome. It's been really, you have really great questions. It's been really sweet to be with you. I really love what you're doing as well. So. Thank you so much. And can you tell everyone where they can find you and if they want to work with you and more about your retreats and anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, sure. Um, I always forget about this part. Um, so I have two websites. I have a personal website, which is suescavo.com. Um, and there's a lot about uh, what I do, and you can contact me through that. My email is sue at suescavo.com. Um, I run a school with my partner, Bill St. Cyr, and so if you want to check out the school, we have classes, we have cre- creativity, I teach a creativity class, actually one that's just about to start, uh, how to work with dreams and your creativity. Um, you know, we also have um, trainings for people who want to learn how to work with dreams the way we work with dreams. Uh, you can go to our website, which is called studentsofthedream.com. Uh, and on there you'll find a calendar of where we're going to be. Like we're going to be in Brighton Bush Retreat Center next May. We're going to, you know, we're going to be kind of, we do retreats all over the country. Like I do a retreat in Telluride, Colorado every year. We do one in Brighton Bush. We do one in Pensacola, Florida. We do one, where else? Northern California. 
So, we, so that's all on the website too. And, you know, I'm also available to come if you want, you know, if you are interested in having us come and like do a presentation, we're all, always open to that as well. And also your podcast. Oh, I have my own podcast. Uh, I'm not as good at getting it out there as you are, but I do have a podcast. Uh, it's called the uh, the Etymology of Dreaming, um, because I'm a word person. As I said, I'm a poet. But I also love words, just words themselves. So I have a podcast uh, called an Etymology of Dreaming. I'm also writing a book about dreams called an Etymology of Dreaming, um, which will come out hopefully in the next year or so. Um, but yeah, so you can check that out. Um, where I talk about dreams, I also have a few interviews up there uh, of people who work with dreams as well in different ways. So I loved your podcast. I gobbled it all up, and it was like right as I started my own dream journey, and I felt like it was just so perfect, and I was so grateful to find you. Oh, thank you. I'm grateful you found me, too. Okay, well, that ends that. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have an amazing week. I hope that you dream really cool weird shit, and that it helps you heal, or you just get out a kick of these super crazy dreams. I feel like your dreams are the craziest drug you could ever do. Like, ayahuasca experience every night is available with a simple dream people do not take this shit lightly because it is real magic that's all i'm gonna say definitely check out sue suescavo.com on instagram at suescavo and or on instagram smscavo and check out her retreats Check out working with her one-on-one on her website for more info. Check out these amazing classes that she has going. And definitely encourage you all to do some sort of creative project with your dreams. Like maybe some sort of poem, maybe some sort of visual art, cooking inspired from a dream. Maybe share a dream with a friend. That's it, guys. That's all I got for you. We'll be back again with more dream talk and more episodes of Blind Love Radio. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed it, definitely rate and review it. Not to sound like broken record, but it really does help. And follow me on Instagram at Blind Love Tarot. Tell me what you're dreaming. I would love to know. And also, if you want to join our Blind Love Dreamers Dream Circle, then hit me up on Instagram and I will send you an invite. All right, you guys, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Sweet dreams. Mwah.